And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. everybody and welcome i am s sadie burbank and i am lacey montoya thanks for listening to don't, don't get, get us started. started and how's everybody this week i hope they're doing well i hope so too. i'm excited because it's cooler weather yeah yeah that's that's cool i'm excited because we have what is apparently our first i'm going to call it our first because the one that we got before i don't know for sure was for our show but this is our first for sure email okay about our show yay and as soon as i put my paper clip on this thing and move some stuff around here i'm gonna we'll read get it situated to yeah okay so here's our email brown bag as all we right say, uh, what do we think uh this is sent to us from mandy st john hi mandy in new york city Regarding episode five. Now, was our autism? Yes. Okay. She says, what a beautiful episode. God bless you, Lacey, and your husband, for all of your love to your autistic child. Thank you to David K. Montoya for a brief explanation about the sound quality and the mishap. Yes. Sadie, thank you for reaffirming and asking great questions about autism. She sure was picking my brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a it was easy to do because I consider you to be knowledgeable and I'm not and I had a lot of But it was questions. hard for me because it's an everyday that's my everyday life, so I don't see it as anything different. Well, I know, but because I do, that's why I right. that's why I could ask questions. And for those of you who do not know the um, uh, message that David had to present to the listening audience was uh, because my we mic had a, was we off. Had a microphone malfunction, and so Lacey's uh, comments were only quietly heard, but he spent three days and three hours fixing the problem, and uh, I haven't listened to it, but Apparently, at least according to Mandy St. John, he did a good job. Because thank you, was, Mandy. And thank you, David, for fixing it. I wouldn't have so it any we, other way. Yeah, and we could not have redone that episode had our lives depended no, on it. No, because it was heartfelt. You were asking questions. We couldn't, we couldn't, we're not actors. We no, couldn't redo it. No, there's, there's no way. And we didn't have a script. We weren't no. working from a script or it was a list heartfelt. of questions or anything else like that. So it would have been impossible. Um, when I forgot, I was supposed to say this at the beginning, but I don't guess it matters too much whether I say it now okay. or in the beginning. I'm supposed to ask our listeners if they would do me a favor. Uh, some of you know I've written a book called Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner. And it is and has been out and available uh, on at least Amazon and probably several other online locations 
Um, but what I'd like to do, if I could ask you to do it, is to contact your local bookstores, preferably the Barnes and Nobles, because I think that's about all there is, is Barnes and Noble. Unless they have the mom and pop bookstores. Right, right. But other than that, I don't think there are any big name ones, but practically every major town in the country has a Barnes and Noble. At least in this country has a Barnes and Noble. And um I don't know if they're international or not, to be very honest with you. I'm not sure. If if, if you live in a country that doesn't have Barnes and Noble, just uh go get a cup of coffee or something while you while this is going on, then you don't have to listen to it. Or they can ask their own bookstores. Or they could ask your own bookstore, yeah, because it has an ISBN number and all that other stuff. Um registered with the Library of Congress in the United States and so yes. on. Anyhow, if you would ask your bookstore to please carry Red Hills Green Vines and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner by S. Sadie Burbank. If you choose not to buy it later on, that's your decision. But I'm anxious for the book to get into the stores, and apparently the only way now that we can get it into the stores without uh, being somebody or knowing somebody is to have the general public request it. Oh. And if enough people request it, um, in fact, even if one person requests it, I've been told that they will get the book in. Like I said, if you if you change your mind and think, well, I don't want to buy it, I want to buy it online or something like that, well, that's your uh, decision. And uh, they will go ahead and put it on the shelf, and it will be available in the store. I Personally, I'd much rather see it, you know, down the middle row there yeah. on the table with all the other hot books. But, uh, you know, we do what we can. Uh, baby steps so yeah i'm hoping to also get a gig doing a book signing something that would be awesome i know it would be so much fun to do that uh so anyhow if you guys can and would help me out by doing that i'd appreciate say it say the name again uh it's red hills green vines and dried monkey meat for dinner by s sadie burbank and there that's so it. they just call their barnes and nobles and ask they just call them up and say do you have this book okay and in the store and they'll go, no, because they don't. You right. know, it's available, but they don't know it. And so they'll, <clears throat> then they'll look it up in their whatever inventory okay. acquisition book they have. Maybe or we whatever. should post the ISBN number. I don't know. Because they're probably going to ask well, that. David, when he announced it on what we think, he didn't go into that. So I don't know. Maybe he didn't think about it. I I'm don't not know sure. They're gonna need but the, like when you're searching for books. You yeah. know, that's the way well, they find I it. I don't know. I think they have, the bookstore probably has that. It's got to be cross-referenced by name or, or, I mean, by title or by author. It's, it's got to be. I'm about making the job easier. So well, if you yeah. give them all the information, they write there in would, front of but them. I don't have my, my copy with me. I don't know where we'll David's have Dana copy put is. it up and for us. If, if there is a... Uh, if he can find the ISBN, then I'll have, we'll, we're going to leave a space right here. ISBN number here. Okay. Okay. So that's where David's going to say the ISBN number if there is one that he thinks is necessary. Yeah. If you didn't hear a number said right then, that's because he didn't think it was necessary, so don't worry about it. Anyhow, uh, if you could do that, that would really be cool, and I would appreciate it. Yes. We saw... Uh, we went to Barnes & Noble ourselves at the mall not too long ago, my uh -huh. husband and I, and we they were like... There were people in line out the door. 
and they all had like wristbands on and everything. Oh. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? I couldn't, I didn't, you know. Right. There was a, an author who, uh, has written, I don't know, at least two books I saw in the hands of people in line. Okay. And she was doing a book signing. Oh. She's Hispanic and the books were in Spanish. Okay. As nearly as I could tell without just going up and saying, you know, who is this and what's up. Right. Uh, and they did have a poster up, but I, I don't read Spanish, so I couldn't understand okay. it. Okay. Um, anyhow, she was doing a book signing and I've got to tell you, there were probably 200 people in that line. It wow. was a long line. Wow. Very well-received author. So, But we don't know what her book's about. No, I don't have okay. clue. I don't even know what her name was. But the whole thing is I could just see myself doing yes. the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, me, I want to do that. So With her purple Sharpie. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a purple Sharpie. But we'll have I to get one when we, when one. we do the book. I need a purple Sharpie. I need purple everything. Oh, yes. Purple is my color. So, anyway, if you do that for me, cool. Thank you. Thank you. And if you can't, okay. That's That's okay. That's cool, too. But tell your friends. Yeah, if you know anybody that would be willing to do it, too, spread the word. You know, we can always have more than one request, even to the same bookstore. That's cool. Because if they got, if, if, Let's just assume it was our local store here. If right. they got 10 requests for my book. They're going to say, hmm, what's up with yeah, that? Let's get in our store. They might. They might be saying, hmm, what's up with that book? Yeah. And should we get that in there? Because yes. look at all the people that want it. Yes. So there you go. Anyway, that would be fun. <clears throat> Let's How see. was your week? My week. How was my week? Busy. Busy. You survived what? Chuck E. Cheese? I did. <laughs> I did. Went to a birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. And I got to tell you, I was not looking forward to it because... Heretofore, Chuck E. Cheese has not necessarily been my favorite place to go, but it should be said. But they have bad the reputation time, about cardboard pizza. They have a bad rep for their pizza, yeah. And the last time we went was probably eight or nine years ago. Yeah. For the birthday of a child, a grandchild actually, of a friend of mine. And um, it was like, eh. It was noisy. There were kids running around. It well, was does Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah, I know. I mean, I, mean, I mean, besides that, it was just that's all that happened. There right. were just kids running around and yelling and screaming and and Nonsense. the food. The food was mm. anyhow. So I wasn't terribly much looking forward to this, but they're good friends, and um, we wouldn't miss this little girl's birthday party for the world. So we. Bit the big weenie, as it were, and we went to Chuck E. Cheese. Sucked it up, buttercup. Yeah, and it was actually very pleasant. We had, A, great food. Uh And I mean, they had a salad bar that was well presented, fresh, crispy, attractive. Uh Uh-huh. Tasty, lots of choices. And their pizza dressing. changed. Their pizza's and, tasty now. And their pizza has changed and, and has more pizza flavor, less salt and sugar flavor. Uh-huh. Uh, they also had sent, this mommy had ordered sandwiches and a platter of vegetables besides the salad bar. Okay. And mommy spent a lot of money on this daughter's birthday. Probably. <laughs> probably. And there were, uh, they gave you cups, you know, because they have a drink bar, you know, you mm-hmm. can go and get one. self serve. We got tea because that's what we like. We're not soda drinkers per se sometimes, but only the diet ones if we do because of 
Ernie's diabetes right. and stuff. So anyway, and I don't need the calories. So anyway, uh, we had tea, but it was uh, and 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 then the party part itself. There were like yes, because the party. If you're not familiar five, with Chuck E. Cheese, there were five tables mm-hmm. reserved for five different party kids. Right, and they we were all there at once. Mm-hmm. Everybody was there having their own kid having their party. And each table had its own little table, cute little birthday tablecloth and little birthday cups and plates and, and these, uh, sort of plastic balloons in the shape of, I think, microphones. I never did quite understand what that was about. Ernie said, excuse me, he said it had something to do with, um, uh, what playing is the that? air guitar. What is that, what is that singing thing you do that starts with a K in, in bars? Karaoke. Yeah. He said, it was for kids karaoke. Oh, okay. Okay, could have been. I don't know. And they had a blow-up guitar that was about two and a half feet tall. It was a big blow-up guitar oh. with each kid's, who was a birthday kid, uh-huh. their name, first name written on it. Aww. So you knew what table was yours, okay. which was cool since we got there before the mom and the kid. <laughs> it was kind of nice. And it was weird because we walk in and this lady's going, Grandma, Grandpa. And I'm like, huh? And I turn around and it's this woman. Who was a friend of my friend. Okay. And my friend had entered, had told this lady that we were coming and that we're grandma and grandpa because okay. uh, like with your daughter and son, we call ourselves grandma and grandpa <laughs> to them. We call ourselves grandma and grandpa to everybody. When you get to be 73, that's who you are. Just, that's it. So, and it doesn't bother me any. I'm cool with that. So anyhow, we turned around and we go, yes. <laughs> and she goes, here, are you here for so-and-so's party? And I go, yeah, we are. And so it was fun. We got to meet her and all that kind of stuff. Well, then so-and-so showed up and the party continued. But what was amazing to me was that with all these little kids, and and I, there may have been a handful who were over the age of 10 or 12. Okay. Most of these kids are under the age of 6 as a rule. In all the parties, right? Okay? And they got the moms and the presents and the dads and the what and the and cameras you, and all table, that stuff. Tables lined up against the back area well, actually, where you have parties. Actually, they weren't lined up, but they were they were actually just set up in the in the back area, right. as opposed to the game playing area. Right. And uh, and there were booths and things with, that people also could mm-hmm. sit in to that that participated. But in any case, uh, they had the the staff organized everything to the moment. They had everything timed perfectly so that each kid felt like it was his own party right. and nobody else was involved uh, except Chuck E. Cheese, of course. Right. You know, he had to be involved. Uh, and and they would. They would have the kids do, they had them play air guitar on their little blow-up guitars, and they had them, uh, they have this ticket booth that they go in, and they seal the door, and then the turn on the machine, and the right. tickets fly all over the place, and the kids are supposed to catch tickets. Right. And, and they The same concept some, as the money booth. Yeah, some of the littler ones that, that had trouble with that, one of the uh, employees would go in and help them. And That's so awesome. Cute, you know, they grab tickets and put them in their bag for them and stuff. And then uh, the Chuck E. Cheese came out, and he, you know, he did his thing with them, and they all sang, and everybody sang Happy Birthday. They actually sang Happy Birthday, too. Uh, the Happy Birthday family is making a bundle off Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. They sing the actual Happy Birthday song. Oh. 
Uh, so royalties. So I'm it's sure not a happy birthday, cha cha cha. No, 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 it's not. It's happy birthday to you. Happy ah. birthday, you know. Anyhow, I don't want to pay royalties, so I won't say right. <laughs> anyway, they did all of this in in such a way that that, like I said, each kid was felt like it was his party, and that was happening like simultaneously. There were six parties right. going on. It was amazing to watch. What what organizational skill these people yes. have. And these, the kids that were staffing the thing, that were doing the work, are amazing. They just, you know, they've done this a thousand times, but none of them looked that way. They no. all looked like this was the first time. We've had several birthday parties at Chuck E. Cheese. Time, you know, and everybody was, it was great. Yeah. We actually stayed for the whole thing. Uh, she actually wound up unwrapping her gifts there, which I was kind of surprised she did because uh, I thought it might be too confusing with all the people there and whatnot, but no, she wanted, and she got to open her presents, and we stayed for that. We had cake. Cake was delicious. The, my husband ate the cake, and he never eats cake. He never eats cake and frosting. He ate the cake and the oh. frosting. He thought it was delicious. The ice cream, you know, I don't, I know it sounds like I work for him, but I don't work for Chuck E. Cheese. And for those of you who are outside of the realm of Chuck E. Cheese, that would be anybody outside of the United States, I suspect. I don't think they're international. I apologize. I should have probably prefaced all this by saying Chuck E. Cheese is a, is the name given to the mouse character who is their icon yes. for this uh, company, restaurant company mm -hmm. chain that... Uh, that's what they do. They do kids' it's birthday teaching parties. kids to gamble early. You well, get tokens yeah, they, they, and you play you games. Tokens, <laughs> you put them in the machine. You get to play a game. And you get the tokens. Well, some of the kids got the tokens just by showing up, like the birthday well, girl. That's with she the had tokens in her hat. That's only for and, the birthday parties. Um, and then they bought tokens. Yes. The mom bought cups of tokens for the participating kids mm -hmm. so they could go and play. They could ride the ride. There's little rides and stuff like that. Little kitty rides. And it's a, it's, it's a, oh, how big a place is it? Probably, uh, 1500 square feet or so. Yeah. And so it's a good sized place. And the noise level is just beyond hope. But, um, I mean, I, I my ears are still ringing, but that's okay <laughs> because you expect that. And they have um, television screens and music and little flashing lights. And, oh, my God, it's just, for a kid, it's just heaven on earth, I guess. They for a kid, it'd be like an adult going to Las Vegas. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> yeah. I, I could say that's probably the The flashing the lights and the but, dingling of the coins. And, yeah, yeah. But I, I actually, really, we really, both of us had a, a, a surprisingly good yeah, time. Yeah, because I called and checked on you Saturday yes, evening to see if you survived Chuck Cheese. And we had very well. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. I would definitely go back. Um, the Like I said, the food was great. It was tremendous. So if you are hesitant yourself about going to a Chuck E. Cheese, I would hope that our Chuck E. Cheese here in Southern California yes. is, is typical of any Chuck E. Cheese anywhere insofar so. as the way it was run. Uh, and, I think the chains pretty much, they so stay even. I, I can say fairly confidently that if you have a chance to go, you should go because it was a lot of fun. I had, I enjoyed it. Did you get your hand stamped? No, I didn't. They didn't but, stamp your hand? Well, no, because... You had told me that they do that. They stamp the hands of the adult caregivers mm -hmm. and the children for whom they care. Yep. 
when they come in so that because no child is allowed out by themselves uh -huh. and they want to make sure that the child when it goes and out and it's goes not out, a stamp you can see it's only seen underneath black light so right, you can want to make sure that the child goes out with the proper adult yes, person and i like that and so when we came and they have a little sign sort of that says that it's kind of mm -hmm. small and it's wordy but it says it and uh so when we got there i just told the lady i said we're here for the Sozo party, but uh, we don't have any children right. with us, and we're not taking any out. And she said, right. okay, and just let us yeah. in. So, But had I said, it's my granddaughter, and I might be taking her out to the car for, for some reason. For whatever reason, right. She would have definitely. You would uh, have had the same stamp as stamped, the child. Right, so that, so that she would be protected. And so that's a cool thing, I think. I like it because What's there's too noise? many oh. child of okay. being, children being abducted. Yeah, we don't we don't want to, we don't want to take our kids to a birthday party and then have somebody uh, take, take them, them away. That's right. not that's not the idea. So uh, anyhow, it was fun. Had a good time. Uh, kind of laid around that night. Didn't do too much of anything else afterwards. I think we went to Burger King afterwards for dinner. Yeah, when I called, you guys were getting ready yeah, to step out because I was not about to cook after having a four-hour hoop-de-doo at the kitty no. birthday party. But it was fun. And I'm getting ready for my little one's and birthday. getting a bit ready for that next weekend. It's coming. Meemaw birthday Can't party. Can't believe she's going to be two. Yeah. Meemaw is what the baby calls Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. She hasn't let, yet quite learned. She's improved, though. She's yes. She's gone from Meemaw to Meemouse. She's got the K. She, and, she, and she got a, I didn't hear a Mickey. K. But she's she's definitely got an S in there now, mm -hmm. and I hadn't heard that before. And it's so cute. I'll sing M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-C, and then she'll say Mickey Mouse. It's oh, so cute. cute. Yeah. Well, it's cute to us. The oh, yeah. Probably not like, blah, blah, blah. Sakes. Any kid that can't sing Mickey Mouse, you know. But anyway. It's just cute. Hey, it's just the way it is. We we like the child. She's a good kid. She's funny. Her, her verbal skills are improving daily. Uh, and sometimes not so much. And she's at that pitch the fit. Oh stage. yeah, terrible too. Yeah, it's hilarious. She just did that this afternoon. She pitched a fit in the kitchen, and nobody was in there to watch it. So she came in looking for her mother, so she. Could <laughs> I thought it was funny as hell, but that's just me because, like I told her, I've seen lots of fits. Yeah, but see, grandmas can walk out the front door giggling that's as right. mom's pulling that's her right. hair out. Like grandma gets to go home. Uh -huh. You're the one that's got to put up with that crap. Uh -huh. It's your fault. Oh, no, it's okay. I came across something I thought was interesting. Oh, what's that? I was, I, was uh, I forget what the hell I was doing on the computer. Um, probably shopping. Yeah, probably <laughs> I do spend a little time shopping on the computer. But I came across this thing uh, by a psychiatrist. Oh? Or psychologist, I'm okay. sorry. A guy named Martin Seligman, the father of positive psychology. I actually believe I've heard that name in uh, Psych 1A in college. Um, and he says, he has this theory, uh, that, uh, 60% of happiness is determined by our genetics and our environment. I believe with the environment. The remaining 40% is up to us. Okay. Which I found kind of interesting because that gives you almost a 50-50 chance to of be being a bitch happy. or happy. <laughs> and... This is actually called the habits of supremely happy people. Oh. Now, you would think if somebody was to say to you, um, what would it take 
for you to be supremely happy, and I don't mean you, Lacey, I right. mean you, Anybody. the listener in general, you might say something like, well, if I had enough money to get all my bills paid, I'd be supremely happy. Or if my child was healthy and I had enough money to get all my bills paid, I'd be supremely happy. Or if I was thin and gorgeous and sexy and my child was healthy and I had enough money to it get can all go my bills paid, then, yeah, but, you know, it's going to boil down to those kinds of things right. as a rule. Well, I wanted these to take not, a nice vacation. These are not things that make people supremely happy, but these are their habits. Okay. These are people who, um, he has decided, I guess, that they are, let me, let me see if I can figure that part out. He says, um, Seligman describes three kinds of happy lives. The pleasant life in which you fill your life with as many pleasures as you can. The life of engagement, where you find a life in your work, parenting, love and leisure, and the meaningful life, which consists of knowing what your highest strengths are and using them to belong to and in the service of something larger than you are. After exploring what accounts for ultimate satisfaction, Seligman says that he was surprised. The pursuit of pleasure research determined, has hardly any contribution to a lasting fulfillment. Instead, pleasure is the whipped cream and the cherry that adds a certain sweetness to satisfactory lives found by the simultaneous pursuit of meaning and engagement. And he further says, it might sound like a big feat to tackle great concepts like meaning and engagement. Pleasure sounded much more doable. Happy people have habits you can introduce into your everyday life that may add to the bigger picture of bliss. Joyful folk have certain inclinations that add to their pursuit of meaning and motivate them along the way. So, in a way, he's saying these are the habits of supremely happy people, but in essence, he's also saying these habits continue to help them be supremely happy. Okay. Okay. So, the first thing he lists is they, the supremely happy people, or heretofore afterwards referred to as the SHP, <laughs> they surround themselves with other happy people. Yes. I can see well, that one. Well, I can totally see that because we were talking, what, I don't mm -hmm. know, a couple episodes ago about how negativity begets negativity right. and positivity brings positive uh, responses in, in everyday life. And so if you surround yourself with happy people yes, who are genuinely happy, yes. not just faking it, as it were. Well, hanging out with you and hanging out with other people, I'd rather hang out with you because you're more positive. You have a positive thing to say about any situation. Well, I try. <laughs> I try. But I feel more happy to hang out with you than other people in my life because there you go. They're there negative you. all the time, and yeah. it, I can feel myself mood change when I hang out with these certain people. Cool. And it says joy is contagious. Mm -hmm. So, in other words, so is happiness. Uh, so you dump the Debbie Downers and spend <laughs> more time with uplifting people. Yes, as it were. Uh, they smile 
when they mean it. And, and I thought, well, yeah, but he says, even if you're not feeling so chipper, cultivating a happy thought and then smiling about it could up your happiness levels and make you more productive. So if you're not feeling too excited or thrilled or charmed that day... Psych yourself out. Then you psych yourself out. You you remind yourself of, I don't know what, but whatever... Whatever makes you happy. Whatever makes or made you happy at some time or other, if you think about that and just smile. Yes. Just the act of smiling. Well, it, it takes make you more happy. muscles in your face to frown than what it does to smile. This is true. This is true. Well, in a way, then, frowning could be looked at as uh, exercise, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have um, to ask our trainer about that one. Right. They cultivate resilience. She'll say no. <laughs> it says, uh, according to a psychologist named Peter Kramer, resilience, not happiness, is the opposite of depression. I'm going to mm. say that again because yeah. I think it bears repeating. Resilience, not happiness is the opposite of depression. Happy people know resilience is like a padding for the inevitable hardship human beings are bound to face. As a Japanese proverb goes, fall seven times and stand... Hang on, I turned the page. i got to find my location here. Stand up eight, I believe is what it said. Yes. Um... So, yeah, fall seven times and stand up eight. So, uh, rather than say I'm, I'm depressed and I wish I was happy, if we say I'm depressed and I need to be more resilient, we'll be happier, yes. I guess, is what they're saying. I thought that was an interesting thought, actually, because... We all have things to face. That's yeah. what life is. Life. life is is not contrary to what, what a lot, to what a lot of kids would like to think. Life's not a great big picnic for the grown-ups. No. In fact, it's probably the least picnicy time there is. Yes. It's more of a picnic when you're a kid, or should be anyhow, than when you're an adult. Right. Of course, there are exceptions to everything. Yes. We all know there are lots of kids who are not having a picnic with life, and for them, no. we're sorry. Yes. But that's not what we're talking about today. No. Okay, the uh, supremely happy people, the SHPs, they try to be happy. And I wrote, not just sit and wait for happiness to bestow itself upon them. Don't wait for it to come knocking at your door. It's simple. It's as simple as it sounds, it says. Just trying to be happy can boost your emotional well-being. It can. So how do you try to be happy? What do you think you try? What do you think you do to try to be happy? Let's say you wake up and you're feeling like, I don't know, shitty. I look for the positive because I wake up feeling shitty all the time. And if I don't look for anything positive for the day, forget it. I'm a bitch. I'm nasty. I'm hateful. Okay. So I find so, the positive. So my if, daughter or my son giggling. A, if you don't find a positive. I always do, though. Okay. Okay. Okay, because I didn't get that out of what you said the first time. Okay, so you find something. Uh, it could be something silly. Find some reason to be happy. Yes. If, if nothing else, the fact that you have a roof over your head and there are people who don't. Yes. Um, you have food in your yeah. refrigerator. There are people who don't. There are mm -hmm. people who don't have a refrigerator. Right. 
there are people who do not have any of the blessings that any of the listeners has at this point in time. Right. However meager your blessings or your benefits in life may be, there are there's always somebody with less. Yes. Uh, and if you don't think so, take a look at any third world country. Yep. Okay. The SHPs are mindful of the good. And I thought, well, you know, again, this sounds so, yeah. But it says, it's important to celebrate great, hard-earned accomplishments, but happy people give attention to their smaller victories, too. When we take time to notice the things that go right... It means we're getting a lot of little rewards throughout the day. So, in other words, if uh, if a bad thing happens and you let that ruin your day, it's because you're not focusing on the fact that up until that moment, everything else was going really good. Right. So you have to just kind of say, oh, well, that shouldn't have happened, wish that hadn't happened, or whatever. But Shit happens thank and God go it on. didn't happen all day long. Right. And go on. So they're mindful of the good. And now a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings.
Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra $10, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jazamon.com. They appreciate simple pleasures. And you and I have talked about this lots of times, how we get a kick out of just about anything that somebody might consider to be so extraordinary mundane, extraordinarily mundane, that it wouldn't bear noticing. A meticulously swirled ice cream cone. Uh Uh-huh. A boundlessly waggy dog. Happy people... Take the time to appreciate the easy-to-come-by pleasures, finding meaning in the little things, and practicing gratitude for all that you do have. Now, you know, at this point, I can hear a lot of our listeners going, could we just be a little bit more Pollyannic? <laughs> I, and I kind of get where you'd be coming from, uh, but maybe you're in need of this information a lot more than some of our other listeners. Yes. Uh the, peop- the people who understand, like I said, happiness is not something that just bestows itself upon you because you showed up. You really kind of have to work at it. It's like living with somebody. Living with another human being yes. of either sex is a job and a half. Yes, it it's is. It's a real chore to creatively, successfully share an abode mm-hmm. with another human being of any age, of any sex. And it doesn't matter how long you've been in, married, neither. It's still any a job. part of the world. I don't care where you live. You're two individuals with two different minds. You're, you're gonna have to work at it to, to make it successful. What was it I read somewhere? A happy marriage is a marriage where you can fall in love with that person over and over again. Yeah, well, it's kinda like dieting, you know, you, you know, from your own experience, you mm-hmm. go on a diet every minute. Uh-huh. You know, you, uh, dieting is not something you wake up one morning and say, okay, I'm on a diet, and then you never say that again. You have to say it constantly uh-huh. because constantly we're bombarded with con- thoughts of food. So, yeah, uh, uh, same thing with a, a marriage or, or any kind of uh, relationship. relationship where you're, I don't care if it's a, a college roommate right. or, or somebody's mother is staying with you because, uh, she can't take care of herself anymore, whatever the case, whatever living arrangement you have with another human being of any age, of any sex, takes a lot of work and a lot of give and take. Yes. And I purposefully emphasized those words in that way because if you give more, you'll take more than you will if you don't give. Right. They devote some of their time to giving. Speaking of giving, even though there are only 24 hours in a day, positive people fill some of that time doing good for others. 
which in return does some good for the do-gooders themselves. Yes. And this is true. When you volunteer to help somebody out, uh, it says here in a mental or uh, uh, physical health department or something like that, then you uh, you benefit, they benefit, everybody benefits. It's yes. A, it's a cool thing. Uh, anytime you have something to give that somebody wants, you just uh, the other day gave uh, some baby clothes and furniture and things to someone who needed uh, it, needed them, and and possibly could have gotten some on their own, but you gave them an opportunity to have more than they could have had on their own. Yeah, and uh, it made you feel good. It made oh, it made them me feel, feel awesome. Good. Uh, it made uh, friends of theirs and relatives of theirs feel good. Uh, and they, in turn, turn around and, and gift you because yes. they want you to have uh, a gift for for helping them out. So it's um, it's just the way it works. The more nice stuff you do for people, the nicer you feel It makes it. you feel good as an individual. It makes you feel good. It makes them feel good. Um, She's going to be a new mommy. She just recently married and she needed baby clothes like crazy yes and i had all kinds of furniture and you had baby clothes like crazy Uh uh-huh and here's another thing supremely happy people do they let themselves lose track of time it says and sometimes they can't help it when you're immersed in an activity that's simultaneously challenging invigorating and meaningful you experience a joyful state called flow f-l-o-w Happy people seek this sensation of getting caught up and carried away, which diminishes self-consciousness and promotes the feelings associated with success. Uh, And I I can sort of identify with that because it's like, uh, well, when we do the podcast, for example. Now, we do the podcast because we enjoy doing it. We think it's going to be something that the listeners are going to want to hear. We're not getting no money out of it. No. We're not getting nothing out of it. Uh, but when we're done, I'm always, uh, and you are too, of the feeling of, my gosh, this has been an hour already. Right. You do lose yourself in the, the doing of the thing. And Same so, thing at the gym. It's like we're done already. Yeah. Darn yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And so there. So And also they, they mix the small talk for deeper conversations. Nix, N-I-X, they, they avoid the small talk for the deeper conversation. That's for those of you that are not familiar with the term Nix. Uh, it's sort of a, an Americanism, I suppose. Uh, nothing's wrong with uh, shouting. Uh, it says, no, oh, nothing's wrong with shooting the shit every now and then. But sitting down to talk about whatever makes you tick is a prime practice for feeling good about life. Okay. So, in other words, it's not all surface stuff. Eventually, right. you're going to have to sit down and say, "Now, deep cleaning." What's, what's <laughs> the soul? What? Yeah. What? What? What really turns you on? Right. You know. And you and I have sort of talked about these yeah. topics from time to time, and thought about kind of putting them out. We did put out a request on a couple of uh, episodes ago about people sending in. Uh, information or emails about uh, how they vent. Right. How do you vent? Um, and if you haven't done that yet and you want to, you can certainly email us and, and let us know because we're always interested in, in that sort of thing. But you might also uh, be interested in letting us know 
what makes you happy um because you may you may hit on something we haven't hit on here in this uh paper they spend money on other people the supremely happy people do now this i love this, buying gifts this of course assumes that there's money enough in their coffers to give money you don't want you you can't go um you can't give you what can't you don't give, have. You can't give what you don't have. Very well said. Uh, they say maybe money does buy happiness. Um, hmm. A study published in uh, Science Magazine found that spending money on other people has a more direct impact on happiness than spending money on oneself. I can see that. So uh, if you if you buy something for somebody and they appreciate it, you feel good yes. yourself, as though you had bought the thing for, for yourself your own, right. to start with. Uh, or if you uh, if you contribute to a charity, let's say, uh, and there are certainly lots of them out there. God, I think we're on everybody's list. We're on, we're on so many charitable donations lists anymore. It's it's scary, and sadly, we can't contribute to all of them. Right. It, it was funny. My mailman one day came with a pile of mail and. And uh, on top of it was one of the uh, organizations we contribute to. Okay. I commented. I said, you know, I, I really wish I could could give more. I could wish that there was more money to give to all of the solicitors that we get. I said, we get so many. And he said he unfortunately has a um, someone on his route, an older lady, older than me even, who... Um, he, she commented to him one day that uh, she just couldn't give anymore. She didn't have any more money left. Right. And he said, "I." He said, "I think she must send money to everybody that asks her," Aww. which is kind of sad yes. because you know you have to. You know the old saying, "Charity begins at home." Yes. And you do, of course, need to watch out for yourself. But sometimes, just spending a nickel or two on somebody can can make a Change. difference. You know, you buy somebody a. A Coke one day, you know, hey, that one's on me. Or right. you're at Starbucks or some other similar place, and uh, you say, I'll, I'll, I'll buy the coffee this right. time. Just little things like that. It doesn't have to be a fortune. No. can make a big difference to both of you. It says they make a point to listen. When you listen, you open up your ability to take in more knowledge versus blocking the world with your words or your distracting thoughts. And I can remember lots of times as a child, my dad would say, you know, if you'd shut your mouth, you'd learn more. <laughs> or my brother's thing, favorite thing to say was, nobody wants to hear what you've got to say. Oh, no. Why don't you listen to what they're saying? Well, this was when I was a child blabbermouth. Right. As my father called it, the prattler. <laughs> I used to prattle in his words. I, I don't know where he got that verb. But uh, I always was called the prattler, P-R-A-T-T-L-E-R, -E I believe it's spelled. I don't know if he made that word up or not. But in any case, uh, if you make it a point to listen to what other people have to say, you'd be surprised how you'll learn something that contradicts what you thought you knew. Right. Just like the conversation that we had today. Yes. Lacey and I had a conversation uh, about... Uh, something that got said and when she explained 
herself to me, and I listened. I understood that I was mistaken. You can't be closed-minded. You have to... You have to be willing to listen and take it in. Nobody in the world knows everything. Oh, boy, that's for sure. That's for sure. And uh, listening is uh, a skill that strengthens relationships, leads to more satisfying experiences. A good listener may walk away from a conversation feeling as if their presence served a purpose, an experience that is closely connected with increased well-being. Yes. Uh, supremely happy people uphold in-person connections. Uh, they go out of their way to make sure that they see someone that they're close to that they haven't seen for a while. Right. Or call them on the phone or contact them in some way. Just got a phone call this morning from, um, and I didn't recognize the number, so I didn't answer the phone because right. you know I don't. I don't either. Uh, but uh, fortunately, she left a message, and I've got a note. When I get home, I have to call her. Uh-huh. And say, hey, how you doing? Because, yeah, it's been a while. And sadly, I live like six or seven blocks from this person. Oh. But we just, you know, that's sort of the nature of our relationship. Right. We don't see each other all that often anyway. But we have enough in common that we can't you know, pick up the phone and say, hey. Now and then. So, yeah, these happy people uphold in-person connections. So if it's been a while since you've seen someone you have felt close to in the past, you should maybe give them a call or drop or an them email a or a text message. Let them know that you're thinking about them. Another thing they do, they look on the bright side. Optimism touts plenty of health benefits, including less stress and a better tolerance for pain. And according to Huff, Huffy Post. Huffington Post. It says Huff Post. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let me see. Yeah, there's no E there. Okay. Huff Post. According to Huff Post Healthy Living, recent they recently reported that longevity among those with heart disease is increased by looking on the bright side, by being optimistic. Uh, when you choose to see the silver lining, you're also choosing health and happiness. That's why when, when you go to see somebody in the hospital, you're supposedly going to cheer them up. Right. You don't go in and say, oh, I'm so sorry, you're at death's door. How the fuck are you doing? Right. You, you, you go, you know. You, you look, look you like look shit. Yeah, yeah. You go, you look terrific for somebody that's dying. No, right. you don't do that. You go, you, you, you try to find a Brighten. way to cheer them up. Brighten their day. Something to bright. If you can't, don't go. Right. <laughs> Take it from someone who spent a number of years working in a hospital. If you can't go with the good intentions of cheering somebody stay up, home. stay home. You'll do better. They'll do better. Um, they value a good mixtape, which I thought was kind of interesting. This is uh, just what it sounds like. Uh, music is powerful, so powerful, in fact, that it could match up to the anti or I'm sorry, the anxiety-reducing effects of massage therapy over a three-month period. Again, this is from another research institute. Uh, patients who simply listened to music and had the same decreased anxiety symptoms as those who got 10-hour-long massages. 
Now, I believe music is medicine for the soul. I do. I, I yeah. I uh, I, and I enjoy music. I really enjoy an hour long massage. However, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I could go that far. But um, again, and for me, it would have to be music without words. Uh, mm-hmm. They call that instrumental yes. music. Because, and I said that for my benefit, not yours. <laughs> I was trying to get the word out. Instrumental music works for me because of my hearing problem. I can't right. hear the words. If I can't hear the words, it doesn't mean shit. Unless it's an old song and I already know the words, right. then I'm good. So I don't know though if I'd go so far as to say it's as good as a ten hour or ten hour long massages. But uh, anyway, if you like good music, listen to it more often. It'll lift your spirits. They unplug is another thing supremely happy people do. Whether it's turning away the from the television set, taking a few deep breaths, uh, somehow or other get away from the hyper-connected world. Right. Leave your cell phone at home one day when you go to the grocery store, which I can't do because I'm always afraid I'm going to call 911 and I wanted my phone. But We're so dependent on those damn things now. I know, I know. They're, you know, I... I try not to, I don't turn on the radio in the car frequently uh, because I enjoy actually driving down the street with no noise except the sound of the car. Right. Um, unlike my husband who can't do anything without the radio going. Oh. He's, uh, he's, he's a real input junkie. He really is. God bless him. He just has to have something going on all the time. Uh, so, you know, it. If I can unplug, if he can unplug, um, it makes us happier in the long run. Right. But it, you know, might take a little more work if 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 you're addicted to you're it. You're addicted to it. Um, turn off the television. I'm I'm responsible a lot of times in the morning for the television being on in the first place because I'm the first one up cooking breakfast and whatnot. But if I don't turn on the television while I'm cooking breakfast, uh. He'll actually come in, sit down, read the paper, and have breakfast, and and go quite a long time without turning, turning it on. on the television. Of course, he has then read the paper, and so right. there's another input load there. But it's it's an actual physical paper, and not now do you turn it on just for background noise? Sometimes I do. Um, it depends. It depends on the time of day. It depends if I'm alone or not. Um, it depends on what I'm doing. Right. If I'm if I'm uh, uh, making jewelry, for example, mm-hmm. I will turn on something I, that I don't have to watch so much, right. but I can get something out of listening to it. Because when I'm making jewelry, I can't yes, stop to, looking. Right. I can't stop and look at the TV. Um, of course, when I'm reading, I can't. I can't. I I choose not to do anything else. If I'm reading, I have the to quiet when I off, read. The music's off. It's quiet. I'm reading. Right. That works for me. I have trouble reading with the television on. It's too distracting. Right. Um, what else do I do when I turn off the sound? I don't know. You know, I, right now I'm writing. I can actually write with the television on, but I ignore it. It's You're just, off in your it's own little world. There. Yeah, it's there, and I can sort of hear it because I turn it down low, but I can kind of hear that there's noise going on. But that's more like for company. Yeah. And I and again I write when I'm alone. I I choose not to write 
when my husband's home because I feel that's taking time away from... You get too involved with it. Well, it's our... Yeah, I do. I go to a whole other place. Plus, it's it's more or less our time together. Even if we choose not to do or say anything to each other, right. the opportunity is lessened by my uh, if you're involving myself in writing. Yeah. So I... I I kind of limit that to a, an alone time kind of situation, unless he too is doing something like that. Now, right. he frequently does choose to do something like that, in which case I'm on my own and I can pretty well do what I want. Uh, he likes to play a lot of games on the computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when he's doing that, and I know he's doing it out of choice uh, for himself, then, yeah, I'll go ahead and, and maybe work on a story or, or some such thing as that. Right. Uh, if he's only doing it because he thinks... I'm not interested in doing something, then that's different. Right. So then I try to eliminate that question from his mind and make myself available to the moment if he's interested. They get spiritual. I thought this was an interesting thing about supremely happy people. Studies point to a link between religious and spiritual practice and mirth or happiness. Okay. For one, happiness habits like expressing gratitude, compassion, and charity are generally promoted in most spiritual conventions. And asking the big question helps to give our lives context and meaning. Uh, A 2009 study found that children who felt their lives had a purpose, which was promoted uh, by spiritual connection, we're happier. Spirituality offers what the 20th century sociologist Emile Durkheim referred to as sacred time, which is a built-in, unplugged ritual that elicits moments of reflection and calm. And I kind of get that. Uh, I have a little ritual that I do every day, uh, a couple of times. In the morning when I first wake up and I'm enough awake that I know I'm not going to fall back to sleep again, I have a, a prayer that I mentally say, um, asking for strength and help for various loved ones and guidance through the day and safety through the day and uplifting through the day. And then when my husband goes off to work, he doesn't know this, and he never will because he never listens right. to these podcasts. But when he uh, leaves and gets in the car, I always uh, pray a prayer to uh, surround him with the white light and lift him safely through his day and bring him home. That's me. I do that, and I feel better for doing it. If you don't, that's That's kind of like me with the same thing. Can you call me when you get there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure that everything's okay. Right, right. So whatever, whatever expression your relationship to spirituality takes, uh, the supremely happy people say that, it's a good thing to have that relationship, right. whatever it is, whatever you consider to be your spiritual self. They're saying cultivate that. And we certainly would not argue with that. No. Here's one I wasn't too crazy about. Uh-oh. They make exercise a priority. You. Exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. 
can't I get them any other yeah, way? <laughs> but, you know, we do. We can be well, we, both we, feeling a little we bit blah. We exercise at the gym. Yeah. We, but, you know, that's, I don't, do we get endorphins out of that? Maybe because we feel we better feel when better. we come home. But we're not out there pumping iron. We're, no, we're not. No, we're, we're not. not cheating. We're not going to be neither. <laughs> we're not cheating, mm. but the exercise we do isn't. Yeah, we you, we uh, go to the gym and uh, stand on these machines. That and shaka shaka. Shake. Shaken for about 10 minutes a day, uh, three days a week. And that is, uh, the machine's called, the whole thing is called whole body vibration. And it's supposed to help. Equivalently to an hour exercise in the gym. It's equivalent to an hour exercise in a gym. And uh, this is actually something that was developed by NASA for the astronauts. It's not something we just think is fun. Um, And so, you know. We get endorphins out of it. But but if I didn't have my exercise machines, I'd have to call mopping the kitchen floor exercise because I'd get enough endorphins. And that's enough work for me anyway at my age. That's hard work for an old lady. So I get my endorphins that way. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It says they go outside. This I can definitely attest to. I feel much more alive sometimes when I'm outside. You're getting I'm, that vitamin D. I'm, well, I'm not so much for that, but I, I have a deep-seated, long-lasting appreciation for nature at her best, worst, biggest, smallest, She's whatever, amazing. Whatever. I appreciate anything outside. I don't care what it is. It can be good, bad, and ugly, and I still like it. I just like being outdoors. I, yeah. you know, I... In the summer, the winter, doesn't matter. Snow, no, I can't sun. do the heat. I'm not too big on the heat myself, I, I admit. But um, anyhow, uh, a 20-minute dose of fresh air promotes a sense of vitality. And, of course, when you feel more vital, you feel better. You're happier. It says nature is the fuel for the soul. And if you ever go to the mountains and look at the trees and listen to the wind blowing in the trees and watch the... Waves that's whipping like up on the I, lake and stuff like that. That's, you know, that's When I go to the ocean. Yeah, the ocean's another good I get example. lost. I like, me, I'm a tree person, always have been. Really into tree. Love the smell, love the sound, love the look. Mm-hmm. I love my trees are it. And uh, the more trees I have, the better. Uh, and that's odd since we live in the desert, but we actually do have a we lot of trees, trees here. We do have trees. Yeah, not all Joshua trees. We do have no. trees. And not so many tumbleweeds anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, a few, but then it depends on if it was rainy season or not. Yes. It says that they spend some time on the pillow. Oh. In other words... Sleepy, sleepy? Like like I have been saying for a number of years as a respiratory professional, if you're not getting eight hours of sleep every night or every 24-hour period right. anyway... You're not getting enough. And and interestingly enough, I learned, uh, because I was doing sleep studies as a respiratory therapist for a, a few years, one of the things I learned about sleep is sleep deprivation does a lot of nasty things to yes, the body, including inhibiting one's ability to lose weight. Yes. If you don't get enough rest, you're not going to lose weight as efficiently as if you do get enough right. rest. Uh, it also makes you cranky as shit. Yes. Um, it says you're prone, uh, when, when you're running on low Z's or mm-hmm. with not enough sleep, you're prone to experience a lack of clarity, bad moods, and poor judgment. A good night's sleep can really help a moody person decrease their anxiety. 
Yes. So if you're feeling crappy all the time and you don't know why, look at your sleep schedule. And and it is not necessary to get eight straight. Now, let me get that no. perfectly clear. Eight hours in a 24-hour period can mean two hours now, two hours later, two hours later. It isn't the best way to sleep because if you, broken. If, you if you sleep two hours and you get up and do something for two hours and then you go back to sleep for two hours, it's not as restful. Right. But the, the whole idea is to try to get as much sleep in a block of time as you can. But if you can only sleep four hours a night because the baby's sick and you're up all night right. long, try to catch more Z's in the afternoon when baby's the baby's taking, taking a nap. A nap. You, take a nap. you can take your nap too, and that way you can catch up on your eight so that by the end of the day you've gotten eight hours of sleep in. You'll find it will help improve things. It will make you feel better. Right. And you'll be happier. I know if I don't honest. get sleep, I'm I'm not a happy person to be around. Well, and I, I can only sleep between two and four hours at a throw. Okay. And then I have to either roll over or get up and pee or mm-hmm. both. I mean, it's just the way it is. The older you get, the, the better it gets. What can I tell you, folks? <clears throat> so if I uh, if I have to get up and go pee, then i got to come back to bed and Find sleep your on comfy the other spot, side. Right? I have to sleep on the other side because I'm a side sleeper. Yes, oh my. Uh, but then I start out sleeping on that little pillow that I was telling right. you about, the little armchair pillow right. thing, so I'm like halfway sitting up. Uh, I go to sleep that way, then I lay down on one side, then I lay down on the other. But all of these are punctuated with trips to the bathroom. Right. Because I drink a lot of water and juice. Yeah. I drink that sugar-free cranberry juice like it's going out of style. And you pay for that in the night. Yeah. It all catches up with you. Yeah. But because I have fibromyalgia, it actually is not a bad thing because if I were actually... Lie in bed for eight hours straight. I don't think I could move. As a ward. I don't think I could move in the morning. I no, me with my sciatica. Yeah. If I sleep in one spot, I wake up. Oh, right. I feel like somebody's ran me over the freight train. <clears throat> one, two more. One, they LOL. <laughs> I laugh out you've loud. Heard, you've heard it before. Laughter is the best medicine. Uh, a good old-fashioned chuckle releases happy brain chemicals that, other than producing the exuberant buzz we seek, make humans better equipped to tolerate both pain and stress. Well, there's that doctor that goes into, like, the cancer... Uh-huh, and, may, and tells jokes and stuff. Dress up like a clown, laugh. yes. Yeah, yeah laughter, laughter is good for the soul. And laughter also helps you digest better. Really? Yeah, um, and it's it's just it's and and we're not talking about fake laughing now. We're talking no, about really it has honest to, be. to God laughing. Ernie reads the uh, funny papers mm-hmm. every Sunday. Uh, well, all the time actually, uh, especially on Sunday. And he's always he always finds at least one that because I don't read them, but he he finds at least one to share that it, that they really are hilarious and and some kind sometimes they're kind of sappy. But I let myself laugh at them anyway because right. of two reasons. One, it makes him feel good because he found something to make me laugh. Right. And then two, because it's good to laugh. Right. So I do nice. that on Facebook with the memes. Yeah, yeah. Facebook's a good choice for, for funnies. Um, I, I Actually, Ernie's a very funny guy. And he, he really gets me rolling in the aisle sometimes. <laughs> it's hilarious some of the stuff he comes up with. We went by this... Uh, 
went down. There's a street. <laughs> Duh. There's a street going there's by street? our house, you think? <laughs> there's a street leading to our street. Okay. Um, and there's a church there, and his sign says, The Church of the Open Door. Oh. And he looked, and he goes, but the door's shut. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It just hit me funny. I thought it was hilarious. The church and the open door, but the door happened to be shut. Well, there you go. And the last is they walk the walk. It says, you ever notice joyful friends have a certain spring in their step? It's all about the stride. They did an experiment where participants were asked to take a three-minute walk. Half of the walkers were told to take long strides, while swinging their arms and holding their heads high. These walkers reported feeling happier after the stroll than the other group, who took short, shuffled steps as they watched their feet. Really? Yeah. And you know... But see, I'm always looking on the ground when I walk. I I might find treasures. Well, I look look at the ground because I don't want to fall down. Oh, yeah. But I got to say, when we're on the machines at at the gym... Yes. And if I'm standing straight up, you know how Pam will say, you know, well, your your uh, posture is, yes. is improved. You know, when I'm standing up with what I know is good posture, I get more out of the workout. that experience, that workout, than if I'm hunched over it, kind of hanging on to it. Right. And that's just something I kind of noticed on my own. So I kind of agree with what they're saying although we're not walking while we're doing that i think basically it's sort of the same, same thing it's, right. it's the exercise the, the act of exercising yes. with a confident air so yes. to speak and so if you we see, own the place yeah if you see someone walking in the mall and and you look at him and you go wow that guy's got something on the ball you know because he's walking head high yes and stuff uh he may be one of the supremely happy people yes and then you can say you found one. Yes. So I thought that was all interesting. It shit. is very interesting. I, I, I thought it was uh, worth repeating. I, I, I know we like to tear people apart all the time, both on our show and on um, um, what we think. Right. We like to rip people to shreds just because we can. But I, I, I do believe the negativity thing. I believe that uh-huh. negativity begets negativity, and so I wanted to send out some positives vibes yes. to everybody out there today and who knows maybe some of this information will be interesting and new we're going to see different. a lot of people walking with their head up and well i would hope so yeah and, and maybe they got it from us or maybe not who knows but i who cares where they got it from as long I, as they got as it as long as they got it that's the important thing i uh, i couldn't agree more so how are we uh on time how, how are we we're doing? over we're over? Yeah. Well, then why didn't you wave at me somewhere we along were talking. the line and go, hey, how we're much like over are we? Seven minutes. Oh, well, we better shut the fuck up then. Um, in that case, where's my... we got to shut the front door. we got to do that. <laughs> we got to do that. It's almost taco time, kids. we got to say, yeah, Lacey's making tacos for me to take home to my honey for dinner. Yum yums. So don't forget, email us with what you think about the show. You can reach us just by clicking on the comment button on the web page. Yes. uh, On our, you know, where it says uh, our show Mm -hmm. name, you know, click on the comment button and it takes you directly to the email page. And then all you have to do is pick the don't get us started episode. Tell us what episode you want to comment about. We will read all emails on air unless otherwise requested. 
So we hope you'll come back next week and give us a listen. Until then, I am S. Sadie Burbank. And I am Lacey Montoya. And we're saying that's enough for tonight, so don't Don't get get us started. started. Good night. Good night, everybody.